horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, welcome back to another edition of Winning Ponies. So glad you are here. Greatly appreciate your patronage. Got some great guests for you, as always. Uh, starting out of the gate, we'll be joining an old friend. His name is Michael Blowen, and he's the founder of Old Friends Retirement Farm, located down in Georgetown in Kentucky. And uh, I do believe they still have an extension program up in the Saratoga area. I will ask him that. And perhaps you've seen Michael in the last week or two, uh, a national appearance on CBS Sunday morning. Oh, it was so nice to be sitting there flipping on the tube and going, wait, I know that guy. So, uh, you know, COVID affected all of us in some way or the other, hopefully you less than others. And uh, it certainly affected old friends and their ability to uh, maintain an, an income for the care and keep of these horses. And uh, so everything was put on hold because one of the things they do is they give these great tours. I mean, you get to meet Kentucky Derby winners, Breeders' Cup winners, Eclipse Award winners, just horses that were your favorites. I mean, Michael has made it so they're uh, right there and uh, w within a carrot's hand of <laughs> a, uh, a visit from you to go visit some of your favorite horses. Uh, so we're going to find out how he made it through uh, the whole pandemic uh, thing by having to put the brakes on his program with the tours and such. And what's going on at Winning Ponies today? Michael's always a, a ray of light to talk to, shall we say. Really upbeat guy. His story's a fantastic one. And then a guy who's no stranger to the show because he runs horse tourneys. And they've got some great contests coming up. As you may or may not know, we're, we're coming on the sunset of Santa Anita and the sunrise at Del Mar. So there's some specific contests uh, drawn to those California tracks. Handicapping shouldn't be too hard from what I've seen because they mostly run six horse fields. <laughs> but uh, so Eric will come on and then uh, Eric's also going to uh, tackle a couple of the best races of the week. They're spread out all over, and they're spread out of a couple days. We're going to stick with Saturday at Monmouth Park, uh, where uh, most of the horses will have a new jockey because of the restriction of whips and the jockeys that have boycotted riding at, Bel at Monmouth Park. Uh, but we've got the Salvatore Mile, and this has brought together a really solid field. Ten of them going to post. How about that? A ten-horse field. Gotta love it. Uh, that's a grade three, another grade 350,000. Remember this, folks. Nighttime is the right time down in Louisville because they're starting night racing down there. And the feature, the Old Forester Mint Julep, won't go off until 11 minutes after 10. So you won't be sitting home alone on a Saturday night. You'll be sitting there with thousands of us horse fans waiting to see if Juliet Foxtrot is all that. Trainer Brad Cox originally was going to send her out to the Gamely in California, 
but she was a little bit off in her feed, and he said, ah, let's just stay here. There's a grade three coming up. So Juliet Foxtrot will be the one to beat in there. But, hey, we got trifectas. We got superfectas. Let's see what we can come up with underneath. If, in fact, that's the horse that Eric wants to key on top, as I do. And then we have a listed uh, race, the stakes, uh, $100,000, the Thor's Echo Handicap. That's out of Santa Anita. The fastest kale breads in the land. So that's the lay of the land for winning ponies this evening. If I didn't introduce myself, my name is John Engelhart, the regular guy. And hopefully uh, you join us on a regular basis. Hopefully you had a sensational Saturday. I know I didn't go too far once I got some things out of the way. And it was time for an entire day of watching Belmont Park. The action was fast and furious. It started earlier, but it culminated at 10 minutes to 7 with the one-and-a-half-mile Belmont Stakes, the 153rd running, and it was Redemption Day for Essential Quality, the Kentucky Derby favorite who was bumped at the start and had to take the long way around, as we discussed last week. Uh, he, uh, in the Derby, raced 66 feet longer than Medina Spirit, and as you know, 66 feet is a lot longer than one length. And he was only beaten one length in that race. But he did finish behind Mandaloon and Hot Rod Charlie. Now, he had to face Hot Rod Charlie in the Belmont. And uh, what a, a race it, it turned out to be. Rock Your World, a horse that both uh, Admire and myself liked. We wanted to cross out that derby and just think of this horse as an undefeated son of Candy Ride. But it did have to ship in from the West Coast. And while it trained well at Santa Anita, Belmont Park is an entirely different track. You know, they call it Big Sandy. If you've ever been to the track and walked over the course or watched horses train over it, it is a big sandy track. It's safe, but it's different, and it feels different for the horses. And it felt pretty good for Rock Your World for about half the race, while Rock Your World and Hot Rod Charlie uh, did duel on the front end. And actually... Hot Rod Charlie ran the fastest half mile in the 153 history of the Belmont Stakes. It was just a fantastic effort. But with those two kind of uh, doing the battle on the front end, a beautiful ride by Luis Saez and rallied. But let me tell you, Hot Rod Charlie and Flavian Pratt were not giving up. And it looked like Allie Dyer and Affirm through a good part of the stretch. Uh, but finally, Hot Rod Charlie faltered from his early efforts and essential quality got the job done. And now the sire tap it. <laughs> Put this in your notebook, though we'll be, we'll be chanting it uh, next year for sure. The sire tap it has now sired four of the last eight Belmont Stakes winners. Pretty amazing for a stallion. And finishing third was Ron Bauer, winner of the Preakness Stakes, but it was a long way back. So great efforts from Essential Quality and Hot Rod Charlie. Hopefully they will meet down the road. I'd love to see that be the Traverse Stakes. Uh, we're going to get back to some of the 
outstanding graded stakes races at Belmont in just a little bit. But want to update you on some national news. Medina, Medina uh, Spirit, uh, it, it, the story uh, has not gone away. And it looks like uh, uh, Baffert and his attorneys are filing a lawsuit against the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission uh, seeking what they call injunctive relief, and uh, they want further testing of the post-race samples uh, because, long story short, betamethasone is injected into a horse, and we're thinking that that's what the, shall I say, law or restrictions put on by Churchill Downs for the 14-day window were based on a horse being injected. Meanwhile, this horse admittedly was treated with an ointment, and one of the chemicals in the ointment was betamethasone. So we'll find out. It goes on and on, but there's only one Kentucky Derby. They want to win it, but it looks like uh, Mandaloon uh, may get bumped up to the top spot after his second spot in the Kentucky Derby. And then uh, Hot Rod Charlie would get up, moved to second, essential quality third. But we're going to get to see Mandaloon at Monmouth, but not until Sunday. And uh, so he is uh, going to uh, uh, compete that day. And uh, so uh, we'll, we'll find out who shows up. I didn't get the PPs before the show started, but they always said that uh, that he uh, was going to point for the Haskell. I mean, he, Brad, like... Uh, Baffert has to keep his horses uh, uh, separated, and uh, so for that reason, this horse is going to the uh, the um, Monmouth route, while it looks like Essential Quality is going to go the Saratoga route. Uh, so we'll find out. Mandaloon's been doing well. He's worked four times since the Derby. Uh, he doesn't work with a workmate, goes solo, but uh, he's had some really solid work. So Mandaloon, the, perhaps the Derby winner, right now the Derby runner-up, he will be running in a race called the Pegasus, and it is a listed race. Uh, so... Uh, don't forget this week also, we've got the big races in from Ascot. We know that Wesley Ward has, I believe, eight horses that are going to run. And then there are two other American horses uh, that are going to run. And uh, But so anyhow, uh, we're talking about uh, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, early part of the week uh, is, uh, is going to be uh, when you're going to get the, see the races from from Ascot. Uh, let me see if I'll pull some of those down. Actually, the names don't really matter. All you need to know is they are all high-quality uh, graded stakes races. But the Queen's And is a Breeders' Cup when you're in, and the Prince of Wales Stakes is is a Breeders' Cup a win and you're in. So those are two that you're going to want to watch um, coming up again. So Early this week, uh, you know, uh, don't forget Monday and Tuesday, uh, keep your eye on the television. You'll get to see some great races uh, from from England. Uh, let's see. Did want to touch on some of the other Belmont races before we get to Michael Blowen. Uh, the the uh, Manhattan 
which is a legendary uh, stake. It went to domestic spending. The horse that Admire like just gave a, a perfect ride by Flavia and Pratt. Chad Brown, that's right. He gets it done. Uh, this uh, uh, three wins for Chad Brown in the Manhattan. Not bad at all. In the uh, second spot in the Manhattan, it was Tribhuvian at 15 to 1, my long shot play. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I got lucky and hit the try in the Manhattan, which got me out of a lot of trouble for the day. And in the Hillendale Metropolitan Handicap, everybody thought Nick's go was a slam dunk. Uh-uh. The Knicks went down to defeat. And the winner was Silver State at 5-1. to one. And Asmussen Trainee, this was the sixth win in a row for this son of hard spun. So upset time, and we'll have to uh, regroup with Nick's go. He kind of lugged into the start, set all the pace, and after that pace just got tired. This was his first race back from a trip to Saudi Arabia. As you know, we've seen a lot of good horses go down the tubes after making that trip over to Saudi Arabia. And then uh, we'll just hit on the just a game stakes there. And the winner was Altiqua. Mike Smith's only mountain stakes races for the day. Hey, folks, how did we go to sleep on this one? Earlier in the day, trainer Charles Appleby won the Epsom Derby, and Mike uh, Smith uh, brought home another one for him and a big one, and it was the half a million dollar just a game. Got a handful of other stakes, but hey. You know where to go to find the results, and you can get them, but those were some of the big ones that we watched on Saturday. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to an old friend, Michael Blow, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for winning Ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies bet with confidence bet with busr you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host john inglehart racing's regular guy the phone lines are open and are toll free 
1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me now, a gentleman that I got to know, uh, oh, I'm going to say over a decade now, but we've maintained our friendship. Uh, He's just a fantastic guy. His story is a wonderful one, and hopefully, uh, if you... uh, uh, got a chance or set your DVR while you were at church on, on, on Sunday, you got to see him make an appearance on a, just a fantastic show, CBS Sunday morning this week. Michael, it was lovely to see your smiling face with us now from old friends, Michael Blowen. How you doing? I'm doing good, John. It's always great to hear from you. So nice. Well, we're going to get into the year that wasn't uh, eventually in this interview, but I, I, I do want to talk about uh, the, the CBS Sunday Morning Show. A, of course, you were great. Why? Because you were yourself. Uh, but did, did it surprise you that somebody was actually seeking out a positive story on horses? You know, it's funny. Because of my previous work at the Boston Globe in the entertainment department, I was very good friends with the head of publicity for CBS for years and years and years. And when we came down here and started Old Friends, every year I would talk to him about doing a story, and it was no, 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 no. And then out of the blue one day, this wonderful producer for CBS Sunday Morning named Michelle, she called us and said, we'd like to come down and see what you're up to. And I went, wow, this is just great. And when she told me that Mo Rocco wanted to do the story, and I, I was just absolutely thrilled. And then... To see the way it came out, uh, they just did a marvelous job, and I'm really pleased. And we've been inundated with with uh, visitors. We've been inundated with really nice comments and and donations, and uh, it it just put us in a whole different spot. And and you're right; it was really nice to get a positive story about about racing, where there should be more of these uh, uh, in the middle of everything that's been going on. Well, um, yeah, in, in racing, but one of the biggest thing that, that went on in the last 15 months or so, uh, uh, has been COVID and the restrictions that it put on businesses. Of course, uh, Kentucky wasn't real quick at making changes. I could tell you that. Finally, I think your governor <laughs> said, Hey, I noticed every governor in the United States is loosening up on these restrictions. Maybe I ought to think about it, but nonetheless, uh, I, I know that you are, uh, you do, as I've already told everybody, what a marvelous job you do in taking care of these marvelous animals, especially some of them, uh, a lot of our headline makers over the years and give them access to the public, but you're, you're dependent upon the tours and donations and you have uh, great events out at old friends. Uh, what was it like to all of a sudden to have the governor say, hey, Michael, I'll put the brakes on. You can't have anybody come visit your farm anymore. I mean, how did you get around it? How did you deal with it? What kind of blow was that to the gut when you found out? Well, it was tough, but everybody had it tough. I mean, this has been a very tough year for everybody, and I, I'm certainly going to be the last one to complain because at least when I 
when we were kind of sequestered here at the farm, at least I looked out the back door and saw silver charm every day, looked out the front door, and now we get to see birdstone every day. So, And then all the rest of the horses. So personally, uh, it didn't have much of a toll on, on myself. And, and, and frankly, I'm glad the governor clamped down because now Kentucky's in a really, really good position to move move forward. I thought his uh, his handling of the whole thing was really excellent. And oh, but that said, this is this is this. You, if you really want to hear the story about how we got through it, it's really kind of amazing. I do. Um, a year and a half. A year and a half. This this might take a few minutes, but a year and a half ago, um, I just got through. It was right around. It was just before Halloween. Uh, and I just got through doing three tours. And at my age, I get, I was tired. And I just wanted to sit in my Adirondack chair right in front of Silver Charms paddock, pick up my racing form, open up a can of Country Boy beer, and just relax. And just as I opened up the beer, a car came up the driveway. I go, oh, no. And there was a very nice couple there. And I said, can I help you? And they said, well, we heard this was an interesting place and from the hotel, and we'd like to know if we could look around and uh, have a tour. And I said, well, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're closed. And they said, well, I said, can you come back tomorrow? And they said, well, we're from Fargo, North Dakota, and we're going back tomorrow, so we really can't. And I said, well, if you don't mind me drinking the beer and if you don't mind driving around the golf cart, I'll show you around a little if you, if you want. So I did. We had a good time. They were very nice, and it was a joy to meet them. And after the little uh, mini tour was over, uh, the guy said to me, I really like what you do here, and I want to make a donation, but I forgot my checkbook. Well, not the first time I heard that. <laughs> and I said, no, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm glad you could come. He says, no, no, I'm serious. Uh, you'll be hearing from me. So off they went. And frankly, I didn't think too much about it. And about a, a few weeks later, I get an email from him, and he explains that he and his wife have a business in uh, Fargo, North Dakota, and they have a philanthropic arm, and that they want to make a donation, uh, but it's going to be one time only, because when they make donations, they don't want to get bothered all the time with the guy with the tin cup. And that, of course, is me. <laughs> and, uh, and so I said, no, no. So I wrote back. I said, that's fine. Thanks for thinking of us. I'm glad you didn't forget. It was wonderful seeing you, et cetera, et cetera. Really, it was nice. So uh, at the time, to put this in context, we were in one of the worst financial situations that we've ever been in. I owed the feed guy $27,000. I owed the hay guy 23000 I, you know, we were in the hole about a hundred grand and I, I was about to have to go to the bank and bang them for another loan. And, uh, the Monday after Thanksgiving, I went to the mailbox and there was an envelope there from Fargo, North Dakota. And I said, Oh, these people must've remembered to make the donation. And I figure, well, at first I figured they might donate 50 or a hundred, but they made a big deal about it. So I thought maybe it'd be 500. Or maybe even a thousand if we get really lucky. So I, I sat on the porch and I opened up the envelope and inside there wasn't a letter, there wasn't anything about taxes, nothing. And do you know how much the check was for? I'm going to take, say fifty. Take a guess. Fifty thousand. 
five hundred thousand dollars, a half oh, a million dollars. Oh my god! And at first, I thought they made a mistake with the decimal point. <laughs> I thought it was a fake check. I really did. I said, I can't believe this. And that's what it was for. So I I went and I got a check for twenty seven thousand for the feet guy and a bottle of bourbon and. Twenty-three thousand for the hay guy. We gave them a bottle of bourbon. <laughs> it was a great Christmas, all because of uh, because of this really nice couple from North Dakota. And I subsequently, found out that he runs a company. It's one of the most successful companies, literally in the world. They manufacture raw DNA, and uh, it's worth billions of dollars. Wow. And he and his buddy started it together with a twenty-five hundred dollar loan, just about. About five years before we started, old friends. So we had a lot in common, and since then we've been in touch. And he's even made more donations. I mean, it's been unbelievable. So that's that's really how we got through. Guy, you know, Mr. Ballantyne, my new, my friend, Mr. Ballantyne. He just did a great thing for us and appreciated the horses and got us through the whole uh, terrible pandemic financially secure. Well, the the Lord works in mysterious ways, and this is a story that certainly exemplifies it, Michael. That is fantastic. Now, how are things coming back? Because I know you've always been very proactive in welcoming people to your farm, in, uh, you know, having just fantastic benefits. benefit things uh, at the farm where people really feel like they're part of a team. Uh, Can you tell me if anything's happened or what's going to happen in the future that our listeners might be interested in? Well, yeah. Thank you, John. Yeah, we've been having a, we've we've started back doing tours on a limited basis so far, uh, Thursday through Sunday. And uh, we've been getting a tremendous response uh, to those. And so that's helping to re- rebuild everything. And then we have uh, an event coming up at Saratoga that's going to be really cool. It's Hall of Fame weekend in August, which is, I believe, the 5th and the 6th of August at Ange Washington Inn, which is a beautiful place to stay if you're going to Saratoga. And what we're doing is we're working with the Hall of Fame and, and getting some of these Hall of Fame jockeys to come back to Saratoga uh, for the swearing in of the new class. And uh, we've got Daryl McCarg, who's being, who got voted in uh, for the first time, and he'll be inducted. And then returnees include Chris McCarron, uh, Sandy Hawley, and Lafitte Pinkai, and they'll all be staying at the Washington Inn, and we're going to do a really nice uh, a really nice benefit on, on the porch where all these guys can tell stories about the old friends' horses that they rode during their prime. And people can ask them questions, and it's going to be really, really a lot of fun. Well, I am writing this down, the Washington Inn, and uh, because I do believe I'm making a rare foray up there because I no longer work at a racetrack that runs at the same time as Saratoga. And it's like, uh, I don't know if you know my past history, but I pretty much grew up there as a youngin, and I uh, fell in love with the place, and we had family reunions there. I'm dying to get back, Michael. I don't have to tell you what a great place it is. but So certainly you will have the creme de la creme of 
you know, horse breeders and owners, the sales up there, the the greatest summer racings up there, and just the roster that you name me, and I'm sure it'll be added to, uh, is is going to draw people like flies to honey. Yeah, I'm really very, very excited. You know, John, I've always, and old friends, I've always liked to create events that I would like to go to myself because I'm such a big fan of racing. And to be able to sit on the porch up there and, and listen to these guys tell stories, along with the, the regular people who show up. You know, Bobby Arcaro, Eddie Arcaro's son, he he comes and tells stories about his father. And we sit on the porch at night and handicap the races for the next day. And you can literally walk to the racetrack. And it's just like a it's like a summer camp for horse degenerates. It's just a wonderful <laughs> place. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, listen, I, I certainly don't want to add anything negative to all the positivity you've had. But over the last 15 months, uh, you've had some new boarders and, and you lost some old friends. Without naming the whole list, can you tell us who we might not be able to see anymore and uh, what new additions you have to old friends? Sure. Uh, well, the two horses I really, really took a liking to, a special liking to, that passed away uh, was Awesome Again, who is just, a, uh, as most of your enlightened and intelligent audience knows, one of the greatest r- racehorses ever and uh, should, be in the, should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, he, uh, his, the, his win in the Breeders' Cup Classic, he probably bet beat the best field ever assembled when he won that race. Anyway, he, he was donated to us by Adina Springs and Frank Stronach, and unfortunately, he only lasted a few weeks before he passed away. So he's well missed. And and Slim Shady, who I adored, uh, Slim was a gelding that raced and raced and raced and raced and, and uh, uh, um, a stakes winner and a wonderful personality and a fiery uh, spirit and Michael Hoy and Michael Dub and all these people kept claiming him back and forth and finally when the time came he got to retire to us and I really adored that horse and, and he passed away. Um, I guess on a, on a more positive side, I just got back from the Belmont and I sat with Jack Knowlton and who of course owned Funny Side and won the Belmont Stakes last year with Tis the Law. And I said, here we are, Jack. You know, you have Tis the Law winning the Belmont Stakes, and, and we got three Belmont winners at the farm. We've got Sarava and and Touch Gold, and we just got Birdstone. And and we got the three Belmont winners that nobody likes. <laughs> <laughs> right, they, they ruined Touch the party. Gold, <laughs> yeah, T- Touch Gold, you know, beat Silver Charm out of the out of the Triple Crown. Sarava beat War Emblem when War Emblem was going for the Triple Crown. We had War Emblem here, of course. And um, and Birdstone is probably the most unpopular Belmont winner of all time when he beat when he beat Smarty Jones and people booed. <laughs> yes. And then Mary Lou Whitney apologized for him winning. I think he still suffers from those kind that kind of that kind of treatment. He's still a little skittish, but John Hendrickson was very kind in donating to us. He not only he not only donated Birdstone to us, he he gave us a very uh, significant donation to help his uh, trust fund, to help Birdstone's trust fund. So we're very, very grateful for that. And we've got all these horses now that people can come and come and visit now that we've reopened. And 
I really missed the people very much. And frankly, so did the horses. The horses really missed them. And uh, they're very happy to see them back because they got really into the social aspect of it all and really appreciated uh, people coming and visiting and feeding them carrots. So they're, they're doing okay now, and, and they're really excited to see the people come back. That's great. Well, Michael, before we go, uh, I, I want to tell everybody how accessible uh, y- your farm is to the Lexington area. You're right off 75 if somebody's even just traveling through in Georgetown, Kentucky. So uh, just let the audience know if they are interested in seeing all the great horses you just alluded to and maybe some of their other favorites that uh, might be in, a, in another paddock, um, do, do they need to call you in advance? Do they need to buy tickets in advance? Can they show the day of? Do they to call the day of and see when the tours are? Well, what's the uh, the method of getting on Old Friends Farm? Well, they mentioned they like you and winning ponies. They can come anytime they want. No, if they call <laughs> the office, they don't allow me to do any of this stuff because I'll I'll mess it up somehow. So uh, if they call the office, and the number is 502-863. 1775 they can uh, make a reservation and uh, come on any one of our tours uh, we have we have tours that i personally do we have tours for our great tour guides our great volunteer tour guides who do a, a marvelous job and and we'd love to see them uh, and that's the easiest way to, to to go about it but the idea that everybody's coming back makes makes a place vibrant again and alive and everybody's happy and and for also uh, for any of our listeners out there, uh, if you do have a half a million dollars, Michael will give you a <laughs> free tour with free beer on the tour. I just want to get that out there. If you want something really special, uh, just uh, reach in those jeans and pull out those greens. Uh, that was a fantastic story, Michael, and I'm so glad it helped <laughs> you get over the hump. Yeah, yeah. It's a- you know, one of the great things about this place, John, that I didn't even think about was is really is a magnet for really generous and nice people. You know, with all the political division in the country and everything now, this is one place where people can come and, and all share their adoration for the horses. And it's really a kind of an oasis in the midst of all the, the troubles. Absolutely. And Michael Blowen, uh, you and Diane make it all happen and you keep it so positive and upbeat. Uh, I've, I've never driven off your farm without a f- huge grin on my face. And uh, I, I, I wish you guys uh, uh, nothing but the best. And I hope it's not too long before I get a chance to see. And who knows, maybe it'll be on a rocking chair at the Washington Inn at Saratoga. Oh, that would be great, John. I can't think of anything I'd like more. And if you can get down here before that, I'll take you around. You can see all the new horses and the new land we bought with the with some of the money that Mr. Ballantyne donated to us. Fantastic. Well, we've been talking with Michael Blowen from Old Friends. I'm telling you folks, I don't know how big your bucket is, but put this in your bucket list. It's something you don't want to miss. Always appreciate Michael being on the show. Going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to fly through some races and some contests with my friend, Eric Wing. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me, a uh, guest that has been on this show many, many times uh, because uh, he's the cog that keeps it all together at horsetourneys.com, Eric Wing, and uh, I'm going to bring him in right now. Eric, how have you been? It's been a while since I spoke with you. So. Uh, well, I, I'm looking at my email and you are, are a busy man and it's kind of like w- your contests, uh, are saying goodbye, uh, to, to Santa Anita. You got the closing day challenge. And then shortly after, uh, it looks like, uh, you've got, uh, uh, after the last chance for Monmouth, you got the first chance for Delmar. So kind of give us the rhythm of things w- with horse tourneys. Uh, you know, people uh, th- that listen to this show usually do because they love handicapping horses. And this is a good way for them to get into the game at any level they want. So hit us with the highlights that they might want to, like, check on their calendar. Yeah, well, John, we have games, uh, cash games and qualifiers to big on-site or online tournaments, and the cash games go from as little as a dollar up to as much as uh, $1,150, so there's really uh, quite a gamut there if people want to play for cash, and we have, uh, uh, you know, a very reasonable player-friendly 11% takeout for all those games, so it's it's a good deal uh, um, uh, rake-wise. Um, you mentioned the uh, Delmar Summer Challenge. Uh, that is perennially one of the kind of uh, top events on every year's handicapping contest calendar. But <clears throat> like so many others, it didn't take place in 2020 due to COVID. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's back on the schedule now at Delmar. It's a two-day contest uh, Saturday and Sunday, July 31st and August 1st. So it's not only a two-day contest, it's a two-month contest, uh, I should point out. No, uh, so it's uh, it's a $4,000 contest, which is a lot of money, and it it would be a lot of money for 
the vast majority of any of us to plunk down. And that's kind of where horse tourneys comes in in general. Um, our qualifier costs $236 to play, and one of every 20 gets that $4,000 entry fee into Del Mar where you can win big money, NHC seats, Breeders' Cup betting challenge seats. So a, a very big part of our business is not just the cash games, but allowing people to play, I, I guess in the poker world they would call them satellites, we call them qualifiers, where you put down a smaller amount of money in order to win an entry into a, uh, a, a rich high-end contest such as the Del Mar Summer Challenge on July 31st and August 1st. So that's, that's going on on Sunday. And on Friday, we've been running um, qualifiers for the last uh, few months for the Monmouth Pick Your Prize Challenge, which takes place on Saturday. We had one today. The last chance qualifier is tomorrow. Uh, that's a, I believe it's a $118 qualifier. Um, and the prize there is a $2,000 seat. Actually, I may have that wrong. I think it's about $136 or something. But um, that's a contest that can be played on-site at Monmouth or online at expressbet.com, and that has uh, about 10 NHC seats available, plus cash, plus four Breeders' Cup betting challenge seats. It's another extremely popular contest on every year's uh, calendar. That's going on Saturday at Monmouth, and if you want to get into that and don't want to pay the 2000 bucks, you can <clears throat> put up a much smaller fee and try to win one Saturday or tomorrow at Horse Tourney's. Well, that's great. It's great to know that uh, little guys like me can uh, still get a chance to play in the major leagues uh, uh, by coming in at a lower level. I think it's a great concept that you guys came up with. Well, uh, Eric, it's it's been an amazing triple crown ride, shall we say, uh, both good and bad bad. Uh, so l let's go back because I, I know that you are a student of the game. Uh, first of all, uh, if you can go back to that first Saturday in May, your takeaways from the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Un un you know, I think we're going to look back and say the best horse ran fourth. And I don't just, I don't mean that just because he won the Belmont essential quality, but because of the wide, uh, non-ground-saving trip that he had that day. You know, there were four with a, a strong chance coming to the wire um, just through basic handicapping and, and uh, sheets theory, if you will. One could have surmised that essential quality was the best horse. Um, although there are plenty of people who will tell you that the best horse in the Belmont Stakes was Hot Rod Charlie, given the yeah. pace scenario that unfolded. But it, it was nice to see the form of the Derby franked, if you will, by having Hot Rod Charlie and um, Essential Quality run really lights out in the Belmont Stakes. We're going to see um, Mandaloon, the second-place horse, who may, <laughs> may ultimately be uh, declared the 2021 Derby winner. He's running at Monmouth Saturday in the uh, 
in, uh, I think it's the Pegasus. Yes, So that'll be an interesting comeback spot for him. But um, unfortunately, all of that's going to be overshadowed by the Medina Spirit situation, which, um, you know, very unfortunate for all parties concerned. I, uh, I actually bet on Medina Spirit in the Derby um, in terms – just his, his race against uh, uh, Roman Centurion there in and Hot Rod Charlie – at Santa Anita in one of the preps was a race he had no business winning. I I don't think whatever overage he had really was was material in his victory. I think he is a very good horse. But, you know, the rules are the rules. Uh, He and his trainer didn't abide by them, and so, uh, you know, you don't need me to tell you that kind of the horse and the connections are kind of getting what they deserve now um, for not minding their P's and Q's. And uh, I'm afraid that, uh, you know, if, if you and I sit down five or ten years from now and look back on the 2021 Triple Crown, we may remember Medina Spirit um, sooner than we recall uh, Essential Quality and Hot Rod Charlie and all the rest. Well, in, in, in the Preakness Stakes, uh, l- let's face it, uh, uh, the best horse that afternoon looks like he won. I mean, uh, uh, Ron Bauer overlooked at 5-1 to one, uh, in, in the odds, uh, you know, uh, ran a very solid race, ran the, the uh, fastest race of, of his life, a beautiful uh, ride by John Velasquez, deputized for uh, Flavian Pratt, who decided to go... Uh, uh, other directions that day, but, uh, it, it, nonetheless, he was the best horse that day. We'll find out down the road if he's one of the best three-year-olds, but uh, that was, it seemed to be a, a case of right place, right time. I think Medina spirit, uh, as so many horses have in the Preakness paid the price for his top effort in the Derby. Yeah. And, and, and Ron Bauer did not pay the price because he, didn't run two weeks earlier in the Derby. You know, he, he came from the Bluegrass into the uh, Preakness with five weeks off, and Medina Spirit got kind of a stressful front-end trip um, um, that he was able to navigate or manage, so to speak, in the Kentucky Derby, but wasn't able to do... Uh, two weeks, coming back in a short 14 days in the Preakness. And, and Ron Bauer ran great, um, as, as you're saying. And, you know, race spacing, look, when you and I were starting to handicap horses, if a horse hadn't run in two weeks, there must be something wrong, right? You know, <laughs> Yes. You know, Tom Ainsley told us as much in, in the Complete Guide to Thoroughbred Racing. It was but, the Bible, um, yes. Yeah, that's that's what so many of us learned on, along with Andy Byers' books. And, and now, coming back in two weeks, it's just, it, it seems, you know, suboptimal to say the least. And, and <clears throat> coming back in uh, three weeks, as was the case with Rombauer in the Belmont Stakes, just, um, you know, <laughs> close to the same thing as coming back in two. And... And, and, you know, there were 
some of us were thinking that, ah, you know, plenty of Preakness winners like Tabasco, Cad, and others came back and fired big in the Belmont. But, uh, you know, it, it seems like the – and again, when I was younger, the, the premier way to win the Belmont was to skip all the Triple Crown races, run in the Peter Pan, get the yep. race over the track, and then come back and win the Belmont – but now, over the past ten, fifteen years, it seems like if you were, you know, if your life depended on winning the Belmont, you would run in the Derby and then like and then take a break, uh, much like uh, Essential Quality and Hot Rod Charlie did. And and uh, you know, in horse racing as in other sports, things run in cycles, and that seems to be the. Uh, the uh, quintessential or prototypical way to win the Belmont these days is to have the foundation, but then have you know ample rest going into into it, which sort of makes sense given the mile and a half uh, uh, layout of of that third leg. Yeah, and and that certainly stood out the case you're making right now for a chance to get your breath back after after a big effort. But you know, you, you kind of mentioned it early in your your presentation. Man, Hot Rod Charlie runs the fastest first quarter in 153 years. And coming down the stretch, it looked like Alley Darren affirmed until Essential Quality uh, finally hit those last 60 yards. Well, thank you, John, for calling what I said earlier a presentation. I, I you know, I probably put less thought into it than uh, than than is deserving for a, 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 a nice lofty word like that. But uh, it's funny, the Belmont Stakes, that's a race I've been going to for, you know, I, I, my, the first one I went to was in 1982 when Conquistador Cielo won. And that yes. to this day is one of the most memorable performances I've ever seen on a racetrack. Um, you might recall he, he was coming back in five days after having won the, uh, the Met Mile against Older uh, the previous Monday, which that year was Memorial Day. And he just flew. I mean, he was like, they, they talk about, you know, Secretariat was another breed, or, you know, he breathed different air, he had a bigger power pack, whatever you want to say. That was Conquistador Cielo that day. He was incredible. Now, he, he was an unsound horse, and he got a sloppy track, which probably, uh, for him, that was probably all the uh, cards falling into place. But the the reason why I brought that up, people are saying that that um, Hot Rod Charlie was by far the best horse that day, and it was really highly unfortunate that he didn't win, and the essential quality reaped the benefits of of Hot Rod Charlie going too fast, too early. The only thing is the Belmont is kind of a race where you can bottom out horses or you can bottom out the field. Um, picture picture one of those off the off the turf races at, at Saratoga or any track where you know half of them seem to be able to handle the track and half of them can't, and you wind up seeing a very strung out finish at the end. You know, with like four lengths in between every horse. Although it was dry on Belmont Day, that's kind of what the mile and a half can do to you, I think. Um, 
not everybody gets it. Not a, not everybody wants to go that far, and certainly not everybody want wants to or can go that far if the pace is fast. I mean, horses can get any distance if the pace is slow enough. They can just plot around there. Um, a fast pace in a race like the Belmont tends to kind of expose horses that are just talent compromised and and shines the light on those that that are not talent compromised and so it, it almost became close to a match race between the two best horses in the field and while i think hot rod charlie's race was completely admirable um if they ran again against each other at a mile and an eighth uh, let's say a more middling distance um you know, I, I, I don't think that Hot Rod Charlie would win by five lengths. I think it would be another kind of <laughs> close finish at the end. And, and hopefully we get to see that happen again in a race like the Haskell or the Travers um, as the year progresses. Hopefully they both stay healthy and we get to see that again. And that'll, that'll, uh, that'll absolve people like us from having to speculate on uh, who the better horse is. Well, it's kind of thin pickings this weekend. It's all over the place. We only got like two minutes left. So let, let me. one of the most challenging races uh, of uh, the weekend is going to be the Salvatore Mile at, at Monmouth Park. Uh, you know, we've got a nice field of 10. We don't see that a whole lot. But obviously, most of these horses are going to have new riders uh, because of the... I don't know if you want to call it a jockey boycott or whatever, but uh, it, 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 there's a lot of different angles, but I really think that this might be a, a kind of a coming out party again for New York traffic. New York traffic uh, kind of tailed off at the end of last year, but only missed by a nose to authentic in the Haskell. That was a sensational uh, race. Uh, uh, only missed by a link to Maxfield in the Matt win. And it looks like Safi Joseph has this horse back on the right track. But then you got Pirates Punch, who won the race last uh, year. We'll, we'll find out. Those are the two that draw most of my attention. But there's other horses I want in there. And now it looks like I, we only got a minute. So sock it to us. Yeah, New York traffic was the nose loser of the Haskell last year to Authentic, who went on and won the Kentucky Derby. So you know he likes Monmouth, if nothing else. He is coming off a top or a very fast race. He's coming off his fastest race ever, and he, he came out of the Haskell and came a, kind of ran, ran a clunker in the Derby. So I'm, I'm going to play him to react and to not r run well off the fast comebacker. I'll take a shot on the rail with Galerio under uh, – Pablo Morales for Dale Bennett, um, coming out of a, uh, two fast races, really, but a blowout uh, seven-length win at Pimlico, and he's dropping five pounds, uh, staying within that nice middle-distance scope. So it's Galerio for me, and I'll play against New York traffic. All right. Well, uh, I will take Galerio as a huge place bet because this horse loves to run second. 24 lifetime starts. 11 second place finishes. Well, all right, that was the Salvatore Mile. Uh, that was Eric Wink. Go on over to the Horse Tourney's website. You'll find out about all the contests he mentioned and more. Eric, thanks a million for being with us. Always my pleasure, John. Thank you.
All right, that was Eric Wang earlier in the show. We had Michael Blow and go to Old Friends, folks. Put it in your bucket list. You got to go. It's a great place. You got to go to Winning Ponies. We had a slew of winners over the last week, and we're willing to give them to you. Just go to winningponies.com, pull down your easy win forms. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.